0: Hello, aloha, and welcome to Paradise Privilege. My name is Amber Tiana, and today I have the luxury, the joy, the excitement of interviewing an actual queen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone of all ages, and everyone in between. I am very excited and honored. This is a pro podcaster, all right? We talk in forty-plus episodes, and that's not all she does. So, without further ado, this is Quina, correct? Yes, I'm going to need to um, call you whenever I need an ego boost, because that was some amazing introduction. <laughs> I'll just, send you that recording, and you can just play it over and over and over again. <laughs> right? I'm like, let me listen to Amber Tiana talk about me in such an amazing way. I got it. I got it. I should. I'll add it as something else that I offer on my website. you <laughs> like, Boost. We'll give you boost. Um, A one introductions for your podcast series. <laughs> so this is e- this is actually my first time ever. This is like the first podcast where. I've just been like, hey, I'm going to call you up and we're going to talk. And it's the first time. So viewers, you are in for a treat because the information, the stories, what we get from this is going to be truly my first time hearing it as well. So let me tell you what I do know. I looked through the Instagram and what I do know is you looked so organized. You have the highlight stories. You have the body posts. You have the Instagram photo. You have the bio down. You have the link in your bio leading to your podcast with a collection of experts. You look like you got it going on. So I want to know about you, obviously, and we are going to be doing it through the lens of paradise and paradise privilege, which I feel like is just going to flow in naturally because you have a podcast called 808 Business Moms, which is also your business. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what 808 Business Moms is.
1: Okay, well, after you said all that stuff on my Instagram, I have to go and affect uh, it now.
0: <laughs> please do, please do.
1: I love it. Okay, so my name is Queen Atahi. I was born and raised in Hawaii. Uh, I grew up in Waipahu. And then I actually moved to the East Coast after I graduated back in 2000. Uh, you know, at the right age of 12, because I'm not that old. <laughs> of course, right, right.
0: <laughs> Works out timing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: But yeah, and so, and then um, in 2013, I moved back home, and I ended up, you know, getting with my boyfriend, the love of my life, Mm -hmm. and then now we have two kids, which is on top of, I also have two other children who are teenagers now from a previous marriage, and I found myself kind of full circle, because I, now I'm a mom two youngins, like two to toddlers again, and I find myself staying at home where I was working outside of my home before, and I was actually, I was kind of distraught, because I was like, well, okay, I'm getting tired of always having to ask my boyfriend for money, mm-hmm. because now that he's, you know, the sole um, person who's making money in the house, and it was, lots of times I would try and figure out ways to work around asking him for money because I was like oh you're just gonna say no mm-hmm. and it kind of felt like I felt like a child again
0: right asking yeah. for mom and dad for
1: money so I don't know if how anyone else experienced but my experience it was not easy to ask my parents for money mm. sometimes even lunch money mm-hmm. and so I just was like okay there has to be something that I could do that would and then I just then I started like just reading a bunch of like business books and trying I went down that road that a lot of moms go down I you know blogging and Mm. all this other stuff Mm -hmm. but then I was I was like you know I was talking to a friend and she was like she felt the same way I did I'm like well there has to be other people feel this way too so long story short because I already feel that it's been long (laughs) no it's fine Um, (laughs) I decided, hey, why don't I create a thing called 808 Business Moms where we just create a community of moms trying to help each other, you know, make their own income from something that they like to do. Wow. And so 808 Business Moms, and then um, I end up because I'm signed up for Pat Flynn's email thing, and then I remember getting an email saying, this is your last chance to enroll in power-up podcasting. I'm like, what the heck is a podcast? (laughs) I had never, like, I heard of it, but I never really – cared to learn more about it. And then I read his email, I'm like, all right, so I got into his course and I got into podcasting and honestly, like when I started my podcast, I did not know what a podcast was. I never listened to one, but I just felt like it was something I had to do. And I didn't really have a business around my podcast. I was just like, All right, eight o eight business moms, I'm gonna interview a bunch of moms who do business here in Hawaii and I'm gonna learn from them. So
0: really it was I took it as a selfish approach. Wow. Like, I think it's know, smart eventually as it like
1: kept going everyone was like so what is your business? And I'm like 8-Away yeah, Business Moms and they're like oh and what do you do? and I was like oh you know interview people and then they're like okay and that's a business? So I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> but later on I found out you know just if there's in order for you to be a business you have to and I know it sounds so silly. You have to have some kind of revenue generating thing, right? You have mm-hmm. to sell something. Right. And that's where a lot of moms, they feel kind of icky trying to sell things to mm-hmm. people. Cause, but you don't have a business if you're not generating any kind of revenue and you're not selling anything.
0: True, right?
1: So that's that's something I learned.
0: Wow, interesting. And so in the yeah, beginning. A, sorry, that's sorry. a
1: long story about how I got started
0: no, I was going to, we're going to deep dive some more. Sorry. (laughs) You know, I wanted to know because I find that so interesting because you felt the need to do something without even understanding what it was. You just saw the value in podcasting and through exposing yourself, those people kind of made you inquisitive to be like, okay, well, what's the next step? And I find that so interesting because it's so true, especially on social media, I noticed so many people are incredibly talented or they're producing content on a regular basis, but they're not making any money off of it. I used to, I used to be very much like that. I I was live streaming for, oh goodness, I think about three years consistently on a full time basis. And I was making an income from live streaming because there's various different ways that you can bring in money that way, but it wasn't my product. It wasn't my money, it wasn't my income. It was always based off of the company I was working for. It was like, almost like commission based sort of things. So when you said like, it's gonna sound kind of silly, but you have to have something that you are selling in order to make money. That was actually a huge epiphany point for me too, because I don't feel like we are taught necessarily how to be business people. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when awesome. you started on your yeah. journey? No, I
1: completely agree with that. I I don't think that we're taught in school. I know now they're starting to have entrepreneurship programs, but um, I don't think they're they're teaching it. Uh, they're, I don't think when I was in school, I mean, school from my experience, they taught me properly because mm-hmm. I, I remember I was president of DECA and whatnot, but I don't think I was taught properly exactly what a business is and... It's really what what's a business? It's two two things, right? You there's a problem, there's there's a problem, a need, and then the second thing is you have a solution to that problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, yeah, that's really what a business is, and um, and you can't stay in business if you don't charge for
0: that solution. Hmm. Yes. What a beautiful way to put it. There's a problem. You have the solution, and you have to charge for that solution because if people have that problem. They will pay to find out how to fix it. So when you decided that you're like, okay, I understand now. I need to have a business. I need to be selling something. What was it that you felt like you had value in that you wanted to then sell? Nothing.
1: (laughs) That's how it I'm like, oh, I have to be selling something. People aren't going to buy anything. Like, seriously, I went through all the fields. I was like, no one's going to buy anything for me. I don't know anything. But what I, it took, it honestly, I'm going to be real. It took me some time to finally figure out and what what helped me was to realize the conversations I was having with people like friends and even the ones I was interviewing, the conversations I usually have and the things that people usually came to me about was like, were, were problems within their own issue. I shouldn't say problems, but issues that they were having within their own business. And I realized that I was actually Capable of helping people work through it, work through it. Mm -hmm. So that's where I decided to get into mentoring. Mentoring, and and it just started from there. And then I was able to create a mastermind. We have our Edurope Business Bonds Ninja Squad, where we do hot seats. And what's great about it is, I don't know if anyone. Some people are familiar with hot seats, some people aren't. Are you familiar with hot
0: seats I am not familiar with the hot seat. It makes my butt warm, and I don't know why. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You burn in the hot seat, right? Uh, Yeah. And
1: what I love about it is that you have that one person in the hot seat, and then everyone goes around and gives their uh, suggestion for whatever issue that they feel that they're having. And what I love about it is that although – I have my point of view. Everyone else has their own unique approach to it. And not only is the person in the hot seat learning and getting value, I'm getting value too, and everyone else is getting value. So that's what I love about the Ninja Squad, the mastermind. So that's where I started. I was like, well, okay, I know that I bring value, but I know that there are other women who can bring value too. So I decided to create that small community that can help us break through, especially how we have that mindset in Hawaii that uh, we can't, we have a mindset in Hawaii that you can't really thrive in Hawaii unless you're working for some big name.
0: Mm-hmm, that's true. Yeah, I definitely So felt that's that.
1: where I started was with the mastermind, and then kind of, I just branched out and learned from there, like what you said earlier about you have to just keep doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So, how long from when? When did you create this mastermind, the Ninja Squad? Uh,
1: So it came out. Let's see. I launched in November, and then we, um, so I recruited people in November, and then January is when we started uh, doing our weekly hot seats, and
0: so it's been. Going on seven months now. Wow. Oh my goodness. That is very exciting. I love that. I love that because it's so giving. I know one of the things that I would feel sometimes, you know, was because, especially coming into this new, I've tried a lot of new things a lot of different times. So I know it's going to be uncomfortable in the beginning, but I have never, if besides my art, like besides the music I make and, you know, the visuals I create. I have never felt so personal, like personal about something besides this business. So I sometimes felt that when people would give me feedback, I wasn't necessarily always in the right state of mind to receive this because like, this is my baby. I know what I'm doing, obviously. But in truth, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm drowning. I'm aware that I'm new and I really just want help. And I never felt like I was allowed to ask people who were more successful than me for help because I felt like I was like begging or I didn't deserve it because I wasn't already there and it was very confusing me for me for a while until I really just I had to get myself out of that groove and start putting myself out there and sometimes I would ask people for a business date and they would say no but sometimes they said yes and I, I got more comfortable with it as I went on it's something that I still am you know I have the opportunity to grow with, but what you're doing, what you've created, like having that opportunity, it almost, for me, feels like you already know you're going into a space where people want to help you and you're not being judged, you're really being helped. Is that like the feeling that people get at these events? Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. I um, One of the biggest things I always say – When I had first started the ninja squad and then eventually the cats and whatnot, I I always say, this is right for you if you come with an open mind and open heart. Because if you're closed off, then this isn't the right space for you because you're not going to grow, right? We -hmm. all hit a ceiling, but it's up to us to break through it. And honestly, the only way we can break through that ceiling is if we welcome, like we're open to what other people say.
0: It takes right. a community, right? Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. So I agree.
1: I completely agree with that. And I I I'm one even there are times even now where I'm closed off. I'm like, I don't know I don't know, you don't know what I'm doing, so you don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> I have I still have those moments. So it's one of those things we have to continuously
0: be open hmm. Absolutely. Now, do you feel like with because I want to touch back on something you said, which is like in Hawaii, there's this sort of state of mind where if you're not working for a big company or if there's no like clout attached to a name, like you can't really be successful. And obviously you are proving otherwise. Do you feel like this is this sort of attitude where you're like, I'm going to build something for myself. I'm going to build a community. I'm going to get people together. I'm going to take action. Do you feel like this is just who you are, like something you were predispositioned to be able to do? Like you said you grew up in Waipahu and you were in clubs in high school. Do you feel like your upbringing and how you grew up in Hawaii has to do with the type of person you are today who is able to sort of take this charge?
1: Wow,
0: that's a really good question. Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: my life that brought me here and that's and I think that's about yes that's the thing you can see for everyone else there's things in our that in our life that we've experienced that bring us to where we are and and I feel that it's there like ha, how you said that which it's uh, I just want to make sure I heard you heard, like
0: it was basically my drive that wanted to create a community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, like, if your community growing up kind of inspired you to want to do something similar to that.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, Growing up um, in... Growing growing up in Hawaii and in Waipahu, and I always, you know, uh, the culture, right? The culture here is very big on family, as you know. Um, And so I... And I always always did, thing as, did things as a family, and so when I moved to the East Coast, uh, I was I didn't, I, I didn't have any family there, so um, I had to do a lot, of, hold on, <laughs>
0: 808 business moms, <laughs> right.
1: okay, so I, I was, you know, I was alone, and obviously I was kind of seeking that, uh, seeking like my own kind of family when I was on the East Coast. So, I told totally, you. Yeah, I agree that my upbringing definitely and the culture that we have here in Hawaii to be surrounded by our big family, especially being Samoan and Tongan, like where our tenth cousin is just at as our first cousin. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely helped giving me that drive to kind of create a community. And I, as an extension to what you were saying, I also believe that that's where everyone something that our own life experiences that give gives
0: us our drive mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so like what drives you oh goodness there? oh what drives me well great yes. question what drives me and I've been realizing this more and more recently as I've sort of pulled away from what I what I thought I was supposed to be doing so basically, when I came to LA, I came to LA because I felt like I had hit a a, a ceiling or I was plateauing. I worked at Alani and I helped I help open Alani, and I just was looking around one day and I realized. Wow, I am on a man-made beach (laughs) with this, you know, man-made camera taking pictures of this beautiful Asian couple that flew all the way over from Japan to take pictures in front of this sunset, and everything around me, Mickey and Minnie came out, and they were taking pictures, and it was this beautiful moment that was manufactured, and I... I had a flip in my brain and I was just like, I feel like there's more out there. And particularly for my trajectory, I wanted to go and learn more about myself and I wanted to learn more about other places. Um, I wanted to go and discover what I could do to help open up another door for people because kind of like how you said People feel like in order to be successful, they have to do like things A, B, and C. And I've always been a different type of person, always so incredibly proud of where I came from. But I never felt like I fit in because I never felt like there was someone who was like me. So when I moved away, I always made a promise to myself that I would always continue to keep Hawaii in my narrative because it was so important of a foundation for who I who I am. So my drive is to constantly open doors, open windows, you know, just light an incense so that if anyone who started where I started wants to continue in the path that I continue in, they can see that it's been done. Because I feel like when I started to do it, when I was like, okay, I want to do this, this, and this, there really wasn't a lot of people who I could look to who had done it. So my drive is just showing people, like, hey, it's possible. If you don't feel like you fit in the mood or if you feel like you're from too small of a town, like, that's the thing out in L.A. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm from a small town in, you know, Wisconsin or, or Missouri. I'm like, I'm from the most isolated place on the whole planet. I'm from the <laughs> smallest town of all the small towns, okay? So if you really want to do something, you can do it. And that's what drives me every day. I get younger and younger audience members coming to me, ask me questions like, hey, do you think I should go to college or do you think I should start a business? Or, hey, how did you, you know, learn how to edit? And it just makes me so happy that what I get to do and what I'm passionate about I get to do it every single day. And not only do I get to do it every single day, but it's also working, which for me was a pivotal point of this whole having my own business thing. So I want to know for you, when did did you ever, when was the point that you felt like, I am a successful 808 business mom? I, I still don't
1: <laughs> myself about that I I do feel that um, I feel that okay I'm a success now when did I feel that
0: <laughs> tracing back you're like yes I feel it where where <laughs> did it start
1: <laughs> I do I feel that well you know what I feel that I I was a successful 808 business mom or 808 business mom as a business as a company was a success once I felt that I became the authority in my field and I'm hmm. sure that you you feel like you, you have some kind of, some type of authority as well in what you're doing mm-hmm. um, once people started referring to me and I became synonymous with you know, business mom and I was the connections I was making that's when I felt like okay I got something here uh, this is something that I definitely can do I definitely enjoy and I like it
0: that's awesome so that's
1: I think that's when I became, I feel that I became a success is when I found something I actually enjoy doing and I actually like being a part of.
0: Wow. Instead
1: of bartending or waitressing,
0: you know. Right. Wow. That's fantastic. And I love that you said that because I think, so we think, oh, it's when I hit my first million or when I got my headquarters or when I, you know, but I think, oh, that's so pure and genuine and so on brand with what you do to be like, this is something that I enjoy and something that I like. And you you said something specific, um, which I want to kind of touch into, especially because of being from Hawaii. And everyone sort of knows, you know, the Aloha spirit and Ohana and how important community is in Laulima. And you look like you have many hands on deck. Uh, I find that very interesting, especially like when you're a business mom, you spend a lot of time at home. But it sounds like you actually spend a lot of time with other people who are like, You? How does that benefit you?
1: You know, that's so funny that you say that because my sister-in-law actually just said to me, "She's like, you look like you do so much, but honestly, I spend most of my time at home. I am a homebody." (laughs) And like, even if you watch like my Instagram stories, I'm usually sitting on my couch or chasing after my kids. (laughs) We're usually home, Mm -hmm. and what I found has benefited me is by being selective. About who I will come out of my house for. Ooh. I don't know how else to say that. Mm. But I, back with now I'm in my 30s, <laughs> but in my back in my 20s, I I used to, you know, I was a single mom. I, you know, I was kind of grasping at straws about what I wanted to do and this and that. But whenever my kids were with their father, I would try and find any kind of excuse to not be home. Mm. And I built some friendships that weren't weren't good for me but I just I wasn't the way I am now I wasn't selective I was just like okay yeah yeah I'll do this I'll do that and I would burn myself out Mm -hmm. and now it's kind of funny that people think I go out more now when actually I go out less (laughs) but when I (laughs) but when I do make connections I I, I always try to and this is going to sound very selfish but this falls into self-care and so lots of times there will be people look at self-care as a, a selfish act which is okay it's okay to be selfish at times
0: mm-hmm.
1: i look at this as a way of self-care is i'm not to connect with someone if i don't see any value in it for myself
0: mm-hmm. oh yes Ellen! i completely agree and i also oh i also agree how that can come off Selfish, or I even in some of the podcasts that I, I heard you say, you're like, I don't know if that came off as aggressive. And I was like, No, it did not, sister. That came out as the <laughs> truth. And I am here for it. Because it, it's true, because I feel like, it, at least in my personal experience, and just from talking to you, I can already tell. That you must be so giving of your energy. I don't want to speak for you. So I am very giving of my energy. So it doesn't matter if I am, you know, in a business meeting, if I'm helping someone set up for a party, or if I am at the grocery store. If I'm in the business meeting, I'm going to pour my heart and soul out and try to help that person with their business. And, you know, even if they... You know couldn't tell me anything and so that means that for you know an hour and a half I just poured out my soul and my energy and I had nothing to recharge me or at the grocery store if someone drops something I i am running to pick it up like I want to give so much and it's a part of the journey that I'm on is learning how to not pour from an empty well or really also take care of myself because ultimately if I want to help people I have to be good and I feel like for so long, I was just like, I gotta take care, I gotta take care, I gotta take care, I gotta take care, that I didn't take care of myself. So I think that's so important. I'm gonna make that like the promo clip for the podcast. Y'all need to know. I think people do need to benefit you, and I love that you said that, and I love that you, you, you got there. How, how did you get to that point where you were okay with that, where that realization clicked for you, when you're like, oh, I need to pull back from other people and I need to give myself some time. And if you don't have anything for me, I'm not going to show up for you. It's like Beyonce. She's like, if, if you ain't talking about nothing, I ain't got no time. I love that line. I love it because I'm like, that's what I'm saying. We got things to do. So ultimately, what led you to that decision or realizing that that's what you needed to do? Because I feel like that might be hard for a lot of people. Oh,
1: the realization. Oh, wow, girl, you really got me pulling back here. Ooh. Okay, Um <laughs> Let me think. When did I realize? Well, it happened on August 10th, 19th. No, <laughs> <I'm kidding>. um,
0: <laughs> I wrote it down in my gratitude journal. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, I think I had,
1: it was more of like some, and I really like how you using that word energy because I love to use that word too. And my energy is just spent. And it was more something that forced me into that mm-hmm. because I'm like I'm like you I'm very giving and it's, it's a lot spirit it's Hawaii right you're always giving Yep. but now that I have little ones again and I'm with them 24 7 as opposed to when I was divorced and our time their time with me was split between me and their father mm-hmm. so I had a lot of I a lot more time to myself now I don't have that much time to myself so now so that's it so that's for me that's actually what forced me into it because I'm like okay well if I gotta go there I have to bring my kids and then I gotta watch my kids while I'm talking to this other person and
0: mm. is it worth it right, right so right. that's for me
1: I because of the way I grew up feeling that I had to be so giving to everyone and everything uh, so I had to have something in life actually force me to realize like oh wait a minute um no I can't be that giving because it's Right, right. And, wow. and my time and my energy already is with most of them. Uh, most of it is with them, if not all of it, okay? That's, that's,
0: that's another topic for another podcast. <laughs> right, which we can, I mean, which we can absolutely do. Uh, no, I, I think that that is, that's so interesting, and I like that you said that, and I like that you're honest, because that should i i want other people to have the opportunity to reach these conclusions without you know reaching that point like you said you were just done very similar to me i was just depleted i was like i can't do it (laughs) i can't care about you and what you might think about me because i'm not hanging out with you because i don't have a single ounce left to give and that's a that's a difficult that's a difficult place but for me i i was i was Grateful for it because it taught me a lesson like you really cannot do this You cannot live for other people you have to give back to yourself and the things in your life that you think are Important and the people in your life who do pour into you pour back into them And that's what I started doing is the people who I did because we are social creatures and we have to have that human connection I just paid attention to the people that really loved me to The people that really cared about me and to the people who I thought were badasses in life and I started talking to them more and spending more time with them and I realized my, my mental shift and the way that I saw things shift and the way that I spoke shift. And I, I don't want to say that I don't care about these people anymore. It's just I don't care what they think about me because I know what I'm doing and I know that what I'm doing, I might not be an expert in it, but I know that I'm doing the right thing for me. And so that was sort of my shift in it when I realized, like, oh wow, okay, here we go. I know. Okay, you got something for me, I got something for you. This can be a beautiful relationship. You don't got something for me? That's okay. I'll see you at the party next year. All right, here we go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I always and
1: now I ask myself this question. I'm okay, by me saying
0: yes to this, what am I saying no to? Ooh. Love that.
1: yeah, that's been a pivotal question for me now. Like, you actually reminded me. Like, I'm like, how do I choose the people I have connections with? But that's exactly how. If I'm saying yes to connecting with this person, what am I saying no to?
0: Hmm. Okay. So how? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna to write that down. No, I don't, because this is a podcast, and I can just listen to it. <laughs> One of the great reasons to listen know, to podcasts.
1: Yes. You know. Um. What was I gonna say? And lots of times, especially now that. Um, I've got stepped into this place where people are starting to see me as an authority. And I know that you're in a as authority figure yourself in your space. They're going to be a lot more people who want to, what they say, pick your brain. Mm-hmm. And the moment someone says, that's me, pick my brain. I'm already like my mind. I've shut off and I'm not even going to try with that person. Be, try and connect with that person because that just tells me that this person just wants me to give them, all this free advice and they can run with it
0: mm-hmm. and then I never hear from them again you know <laughs> unless they need something else again right right uh-uh y'all better track those habits good pick your brain perfect and you be like okay what can I pick your brain about how do we make this equally valuable for one another <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah exactly so I tr- have anyone ever
1: asked you about picking
0: your brain Oh yeah, absolutely. And I would used to just go for it. I'd be like, yeah, what do you want to talk about? And it's interesting because that's one of the reasons why I st- I wanted to start this podcast is because I honestly got tired of people being like, oh my God, what's it like to be from Hawaii? And to they would automatically place this assumption of, of what it was like. And I never felt like They actually wanted to know what it was like to be from Hawaii or they wanted um, like the truths or my personal experience or they really just wanted to like almost say they met someone from Hawaii and feel like they had became more of an authority on it because they spoke to someone who was there and i was um oh, no it's it, not how it that's not how it works and i feel like that's you know like you said people come to you they want to pick your brain acquire your knowledge and then they would almost like take it and just apply it to their life but they didn't have that experience they didn't put in the time they don't actually know what it feels like or like you said like they're not coming to you being like hey i have this this and this how can we bring value to one another they're just being like hey can you give me this and Oh, when people say that to me, and, and honestly, it depends, to be very truthful. Because right now, if someone, like, I had someone do that to me recently. They wanted um, the, uh, my advice, and they wanted to see what feedback I had for them on something in particular. Because I've been doing media for so long, I've been doing media f- since I was, sort of for, for a, b- over a decade now. So I know a couple things. Uh, I definitely... And, an expert in what I do, particularly. And so, but when I offered that feedback, that person did not want to hear what I had to say. And I was like, uh-huh. wow. So, y- you know, it's like, did you come to me because you wanted like my approval or did you come to me because you wanted the truth? And I feel like so many people just want me to be like, good job, so they can say that I said good job. But if I don't say good job, it's like, well, you don't know what you're talking about anyway like, hold on, hold on. Just, great, great. Why are you talking to me? That, but yes, oh, I, I, I understand. I understand. I, I've had to definitely put up some boundaries, which has, my boundaries have grown exponentially since I started a business. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah. Uh-huh. You just can't, I, I, I realize that, especially in this point in my life, that if I want this to be successful, that this is really what it's really what i have to do and it's not that i don't again care that about the people who might be a little let down that i'm not spending as much time with them i just don't care that they think whatever they think about me because i know that you know at the end of this five years or this 10 years if i keep hitting my marks that i'm gonna have something for myself and i think that that is like how you were saying when you were at home and you, know, you wanted money and you didn't want to ask your boyfriend for money, you decided that you wanted something for yourself and you wanted to feel like an authority figure and you wanted to feel like you were competent in an area and that you could produce income for yourself and I find that that is so beautiful and I truly wish that more women felt that way. And I love what you're doing with 808 Business Moms, and and I want I'm gonna listen to all your episodes. I am gonna tell all my business friends about it, and I'm gonna tell all my moms about it. I'm gonna tell all the people about it. Um, I did literally. I think and I did about. You're so cute. I, I, I'm I'm truthful, and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm truthful oh, thank you. yes I'm truthful and I'm excited um but we we're coming together to 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 wrap this to wrap this up just because usually we talk about the things you know I always have those points and you know we talked a little bit about Waipahu we talked a little bit about growing up but I love really just showcasing the different types of people from Hawaii and the different types of things that they do and that I love that we got to deep dive into the business side of it and your experience with it. And to, to bring it to bring it back to to paradise privilege, I I love one of the things that I did was leave home so I could create learn and grow. And I, I'm I love going back home and it, it is very exciting for me. I don't go home as much as I would like to. And but one of the things that I've always wanted to do was start my own business in Hawaii and to be able to learn, grow and thrive in paradise. Cause right now I'm in LA and our air quality is not great. It is hot there are buildings and skyscrapers and to me it's not paradise I know where my paradise is so what I want to know from you is do you feel privileged to be in Hawaii and I think you have a unique experience especially because you did spend some time on the east coast so do you what is your view on privilege and do you feel paradise privileged Okay,
1: you're gonna have to clarify that for me a little bit more. Um,
0: <laughs> that I can now, do. what do you
1: mean by paradise privilege? Like, do you, do I feel that I'm living in my own paradise, or
0: it's anything? It's yes. And since that's the first thing you said, yes, that's the one we're gonna <laughs> go with. Because I like other people's interpretations of it. Every single person has something different that they said, but, but yeah, however that resonates with you.
1: Okay, so from an exterior, I.
0: Paradise privilege. I just want to make sure I'm not getting it wrong. <laughs> there's no, no, there's no, there's no wrong. Usually, <laughs> usually, um, some of the people are like, I feel like I was privileged in par- to live in paradise because it provided me the community I needed to get started. Some, some another guest was like, No, not really, because it really isolated me and it kept me from doing the things that I really want to do. Um, I say that I am privileged and I have paradise privilege because being in los angeles in this you know very tense environment in america right now and being half black half white i never had to deal with the triggers of growing up in america so being in paradise i felt privileged because i was sort of nestled in this really loving community environment and area um so yeah it's very different it goes off off the rails basically it's like you know kind of like our version of lucky we live H.I., you know, lucky we live Hawaii, like, paradise privilege.
1: Okay, so my answer isn't going to be, a, like, a real answer. But <laughs> as far as paradise privilege, for me, there I feel privileged in things I've experienced here in Hawaii and on the East Coast. When I graduated from Waipahu, uh and I went to the East Coast, I realized that uh, the education I taught was a, very different from when I went, ended up going to college on the East Coast. It was it was it was it was different, and I experienced. Um, so I felt like I had to relearn things because yeah. I felt like I wasn't taught the same way they they teach in Hawaii. And what I feel privileged about about growing up in Hawaii is that is a sense of community and the and being around other people, my culture. But what I I also felt privileged when I would live on the East Coast is learning how different cultures are it was a huge culture shock to me there are certain things that I did like hanging my clothes to dry was I had I hung my clothes dry when I lived in my college dorm and my roommate who was from New Hampshire was like what the hell are you doing there's a dryer my mom never owned a dryer she did not believe in dryers, Mm. so we always hung our clothes Mm -hmm. so when she's like why aren't you using the dryer I was like oh no this is how I this is how I dry my clothes right hang them up (laughs) And, but to her that was strange mm-hmm. and so I lived on the East Coast for 13 years and it was just I felt that there were good things and bad things that I got to experience and I feel that I, I am privileged in the sense that growing up in Hawaii I definitely was privileged in learning things differently from other people but I feel that um, Hawaii is definitely an amazing place to raise your children that's why I um, me and my boyfriend agree on that, we want our children to grow up in Hawaii, but at the same time we want them to experience other things too, because um, when I went to, when I lived in the East Coast and when I first moved there, it was a huge culture shock, and, and I I had to learn how to be an adult on my own there, so, um, yeah, hmm. I would definitely say that it's a privilege to live in Hawaii, to grow up around this culture, and to, and not to be so Americanized, but at the same time, there are there's also I would say opposite of privilege.
0: Hmm.
1: Disprivilege, <gasps> but there's also a downfall to not being aware of things that are outside of Hawaii
0: mm-hmm. too. So, um, definitely.
1: So yeah, it's, that, that's my answer. It's a it's a yes and a no.
0: I love that answer. It's, and I, I woof,
1: yeah, but as, as far as. An easy answer is definitely I would raise my children here at Hawaii Hol- uh, to be close to their culture and then from there, you know, but not closing them off right.
0: from Exp- other things. Expose yeah. them to the world. That culture shock is real. It's real. <laughs> I love all of the truth bombs that you have dropped, and I have to tell you that it, like, soothes my soul a little bit. To, to hear someone speak so truthfully and authentically about things that I feel like uh, a lot of us would experience, you know? Like how you said I had to learn how to grow up on my own and like, how you wash clothes, same thing. My mom refused to get a dishwasher. She's like, why do I need a dishwasher? I have six. And she was meaning her six daughters. So <laughs> we were the dishwasher. Oh, wow, yeah. We don't need no dishwasher. And same thing. We have six
1: washers
0: technically so buy another one. <laughs> exactly oh my goodness and we had we had a front we had two clothes lines we had one at the front of the house where it was in the sun where we'd hang the whites and the colors and then we had one on the side of the house where it was under the shade but still outside where we would hang the dark colors so it wouldn't get faded in the sun you brought me wow. back with that you brought me whoo i'm like wow that's so true it's different. It's different, but um, and I, I love that you said that, and I love that, I love that that's gonna be out there. Every time I hear something like that, I think this is really why I want to start this podcast. This is what I want the listeners to understand. You know, you you we're not just on the beach enjoying life, calm about everything. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And as you know, I lived in Waipahu, so it's not like the beach was that easily
1: accessible to me as lived in Waianae, right?
0: That's true. That's true. That
1: was another
0: thing. People were like, did you go to the beach every day? I was
1: like, well, I'd
0: have to drive there or catch fun. <laughs> where I live. Unless you want to call Pearl Harbor the beach. Oh, no. See, see, oh, it's slightly so different. I would call that a tourist trap. That's technically what I would call it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, oh my goodness. Waipahu, I have not been there in a hot second. Oh! <laughs> I would always go out there for what? Why can't I think of it? Oh, no. Brain fart. This is what happens when you don't go or home for so long. People usually would come here for, like, highway in. Highway in. You already know. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Extra pee call Please. So good. So good. I know. But, you know, of course, not as good as, you know, aunties or my mom's in case they're listening to this, this podcast. <laughs> so... <laughs> In closing, um, I would love to hear if there's any particular story or particular value or word or phrase from Hawaii, from the islands that you would like to share here for our listeners. Anything that you find important.
1: Support local. That is like a big thing here right now is to support local. And I agree because um, it's all about – when usually when people talk about supporting local, they talk about you know keeping the money within, um, keeping the money within the within our economy, right? Mm-hmm. The more money you keep in here, the more. But also, um, by for me to support local means so much more than just keeping the money in Hawaii, but by helping to create a, a change within within our. Our local community, right, and that's what Hawaii you know, like Business Moms is doing, right? We're creating a change because every we keep doing the same thing over and over here in Hawaii because we do kind of live in our own bubble. But now with time changing everything, um, there's a different way that we. There's more than one way to support local. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big thing in Hawaii is to really support local, and I believe that uh, supporting local means so much more than just buying, you know, but but also other ways like education and whatnot.
0: Right. And like you said, helping grow, helping other people be able to create new things so that you can keep more. Because, you know, it's, oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. I've honestly, I honestly would always got to buy local, buy local, buy local, got it. But support local, like grow, like don't just buy from these people, help people make businesses so you can buy more local. <laughs> I love that. And of course, we've, we've talked about it a hundred million times, but just in case they haven't gotten it, where... Can they find you online, and how can they connect with you digitally?
1: Oh, well, uh, let's see. Well, I'm on Instagram, Queenatahi, Q U E E N A T A H I, and then there's eighteightbusinessmom dot and then yeah, that's that's a good start. And then, <laughs> honestly, my Instagram is just kind of where it, that's where you can start, and it
0: just kind of go from there. Right, beautiful. That's A good starting point. I love that. That is the. Queen Entry point to your digital ecosystem. That's what we call it. It's like there's so many things oh, you like can explore. Yeah. Digital
1: ecosystem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. you can, can borrow. <laughs> there you we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. And as I said, the first conversation where it was a cold call and I was like, we're going to see what happens here. And I'm very, very, very happy with this conversation, how it turned out. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your story and your experience and your knowledge and what you're doing and I mean I'm definitely gonna look you up next time I'm at home.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, well, let's stay connected. I don't want to lose
0: connection with you. Absolutely. Let me tell you what. You Even after, I mean, after this, I'm still going to be connected with you because I'm going to go back and listen to every single podcast that you got up, okay? Because just from the three or four oh that God. I heard, oh, I was like, yes, 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 yes. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're providing education and enlightenment in an entertaining way. And I'm all about that. So I fully support you and I wish you the best of luck as you continue to grow this amazing business.
1: Oh, thank you, Amber. And we'll definitely stay in touch. Hello?